Look at that. Cole is getting up and leaving me. He said enough. Enough of you, Hayden. He's back, I folks. Said, he is I back. Peace. And if you can't tell, if you guys aren't watching the video version, Cole is remote. He is on the grind once again. He is up in Michigan, I believe, but I forget Benton where. Harbor. Ann Arbor. Benton. Oh. Never been, Benton Harbor. Never Benton been Harbor. Before. It sounds not like you said uh, Ann Arbor. No, not Ann Arbor. No, I'm not in Ann Arbor. I know. Okay, I know it sounded like that, but um, Benton Harbor, which is right, it's north of South Bend, like 80 miles north of South Bend, Indiana, like right across the border. Okay, very nice. Yeah. And yeah, you're working so, like a uh, golf type of function, is that right? So, so my company uh, does the entire senior PGA championship event. Very cool. Uh, it's sponsored by KitchenAid, which is a Whirlpool company, mm -hmm. and they're headquartered here in Benton Harbor. Okay. So... We do the event for them every single year. So it's a uh, three week long setup, run the event, tear it down. But we do everything from managing personnel to managing the builds, the uh, different features, the events that are going on inside of the event. It's, it's pretty crazy. So we're up here. I volunteered to come up here this year and help set up and get some in the field training. So dude, yeah. I I love it. And I think that's like a perfect example about some of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. And let's just dive on in. I think what you're kind of describing there to some extent is what it means to be a good leader. Like you said, you kind of just volunteered and said, you know what, I'll do it. And I think, you know, more times than not, that's what it takes to be a good leader. And that's not the only way to be a good leader. We'll get into more of this here momentarily. But again, nine out of 10 times, they're going to be people that don't want to do X, Y, and Z. And if you're the person that's always sticking your neck out saying, you know what, I'll go ahead and do it. You know, that's a sign of real leadership, in my opinion. And what you just described sounds like a perfect example. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, I would say, um, first of all, let's, I want to say welcome to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. Hey, the folks know by now we're on episode 39. I've been practicing that in the mirror of Okay, Hayden, so I had to get it out. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't uh, mean to steal your thunder this evening. But yeah. yes, welcome so back I to another say, episode. So I would say, I mean, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of things that factor into being a leader. I don't think it's necessarily, I don't know. I feel like the the the, lead, the effective leader mm -hmm. has evolved so much sure. over the past 20 or 30 years, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that have remained kind of constant with that. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think in the, in the day and age we're in that, you know, being a good leader is speaking with actions, not always words and not, and, and words, not always just actions and no words. So it's kind of like, you got to find that balance. Sure. So sure. for me, you know, yeah, this is a good example. I mean, did I do it with the intention of, of being a leader, no. Sure. But did I know that, like, at the end of the day, our whole, like, my whole team is working towards a goal, and um, if I could show face and put the work in, they can see me doing it and come down to their level. Uh, that's going to mean a lot. So for me, you know, I think a lot of the times um, a leader needs to get off the horse and march with the uh, march with the rest of the soldiers. Right. Like, don't. Tell someone to do something that you want to do, you know? That's how I kind of think of it. 
And sometimes that might be a little challenging, or maybe it's not, but I, I think in kind of piggybacking on some of what you said, the way that we define leaders has evolved, but there are definitely some key points that have stayed consistent over time. Uh, I like the way that you frame that up, but I think today's leader is definitely different than you know the leader of 10 years ago. Um, and a lot of that has to do with just being uh, more resilient and more in tune with the current environment that we're in. I would say a lot of companies are now working remote. Uh, there's pros and cons to that, which we've discussed, and maybe we'll dive a little bit deeper again into that sometime in the future. But being a leader, you have to be someone that understands the nuances of certain situations. And again, that's not always that easy, especially when working in a remote setting, but being self-aware, like there are certain things that you have to take into consideration when you've got people reporting to you, especially again, in this remote environment, there's going to be times where people are probably maybe jumping in and out throughout their workday, uh, having to take care of their kids, uh, whether that's taking them to school, picking them up from school, taking them to practice, et cetera. Um, and a good leader kind of adapts is what I'm kind of trying to highlight there. Um, and understanding that the world is evolving and you need to evolve with that and being empathetic as well. And knowing that working moms and dads are doing their best, especially in this environment that we've been in over the last give or take two years or so. So I kind of wanted to sprinkle that in there first. Well, I think you're, I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head with a lot of that Hayden, because to me there's, you know, again, like things have carried over, but things have also not carried over and a lot more, a lot more light has been shed, mm -hmm. especially in our workforce and our generation, maybe the generations a little bit, you know, the generation before us and the generations younger than us about, you know, inclusion and employee, you know, employee health, mental and physical health and having that flexibility and having more of that equality. And I think the day's leader, whether you're looking at like, I mean, you've got these different facets of leaders. I think you've got, right. You've got coaches, which are the leader of a sports organization, mm -hmm. which are, are a lot of the times if you're a professional coach, you're leading men and women, but you're also, you know, understanding that they're, they're doing this to make a, to make a living, but you have to lead them in a certain way versus if you're leading a church or if you're leading a, uh, a, a group, or if you're leading a business, I think it, I think under the, this day and age, what I think is so critical is having that balance. I think for me, what I always feed off of from leaders is, is people that will put their trust in you. And a lot of times it's very hard, but more nine times out of 10, the one people, the leaders that I tend to gravitate towards, and I'm trying to, to uh, emulate, emulate are ones that will trust me to do what I need to do, mm -hmm. but also give me the right prodding or the right input when I need it as well. And I think that's an art, but I also think that's understanding. So I can, I, I kind of put it, uh, give you an example of something that this current experience I'm in right now is, is another leadership thing. It's teaching me and it's teaching me how times have evolved. Um, because today with where we are in society and where a lot of businesses are, and people are is that they want to understand why things are a certain way mm -hmm. and they want to understand why thing why 
things are done and they want to explain why it's a certain way. And so in this situation, you know, I'm on the ground doing the work that I typically wouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And so now I understand if I put myself in their shoes, this is how much, this is how long it's going to take. This is what it's going to take. And then I can also adapt. If I'm smart, I can adapt my way. I approach things with them and the way I, like the way I pose opportunities or I create, create positive, you know, positive feedback by being here and doing that. I'm getting that. And I think you're seeing that a lot more from business leaders around the world and especially these bigger companies as they're like starting to figure out like, okay, you see a lot of the most successful CEOs that are leading a tech company, this or that, they all started with the work that they're having other people do, right? Yeah. So they started all as a software developer and maybe they're the CEO now, but they know what the, what it felt like to be a software developer and vice versa. So um, I think I'm just, I mean, I'm learning a lot again from this, but I think a big part of being a leader in this day and age is going and doing the work of the people that you're leading so you can understand and, and be empathetic to where they're at. Cause that also creates a more, uh, you know, more continuity in the, in the, in the workplace, mm -hmm. because once you've done it and know what goes into it, there's a lot more dialogue and engaging, uh, solution solving versus problem creating. Totally. Yeah. A lot of good points that you shared there. And I think, uh, one of the buzzwords that you threw out there was again, being empathetic and kind of recognizing your employees needs, um, especially if you're in like a management position or a leadership position, um, which we can probably dive into the difference between what a leader and a manager is. Again, you're going to probably get many different answers. I think a manager is someone that is still involved pretty closely in some of the day to day and they help their employees make some of those decisions where a leader is someone that's even higher up. And again, this is me sharing my personal opinion. A leader is more so someone that's even higher up within the company and they are more so tasked with helping share that vision and mission uh, with the organization, um, especially middle management and helping them buy into you know, the journey and influencing them. And a good manager needs to kind of take that same mindset and do the same with their individual teams that they work with. And again, that's my unique perspective. You could get a million different answers from a million different people out there in terms of what the difference is between a leader and a manager. And at the same time, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, so there's a lot of, again, nuance to each situation or depending on what company that you work with. It looks like you had something to add there, Cole. Well, I was going to actually, I remembered seeing this and I have it in my office. I wish I had a picture of it, but this is pretty similar. So it's a difference between a boss and a leader. Mm -hmm. You're saying manager, I could say boss. Sure. Yep. But, um, a, so this is pretty cool. So a boss, a boss demands a leader coaches. Love a boss it. commands a leader asks. Boss believes on authority a leader believes in goodwill. A boss generates fear. A leader generates enthusiasm. A boss says, I, a leader says, we, I'm gonna keep going. A boss uses people. A leader motivates people. 
a boss takes credit and a leader gives credit. Oh, there's a couple more to stay with me. A boss blames others and a leader takes responsibility. A boss knows how it's done. A leader shows how it's done. A boss says go. A leader says let's go. That gives me chills when I read stuff <laughs> like that. Because if you really look at it, like, and again, I'm, I'm going to come back to your manager versus, because I have a whole perspective on that, manager versus leader. Sure. I I, cause I think there's a different dynamic there. Yeah. But I think um, what's super interesting about that, and even if I come back to like the people that I've really gravitated towards in life and, and, and lead and, and mentors I've had, uh, you know, I, I know I have mentors and I've met business professionals that have built hundred million dollar companies that have gone and sold them to this and that. And I've met people that have traveled the world for this. I, I mean, all kinds of people. And I, I'm still meeting them every day. Um, but there's ones you meet that just kind of stick with you and totally. it's, and they stick with you because of the way that it's, they engage with you and teach you things and help you learn and, and, and stay positive, but point, pointedly ask questions or this and that. And I think it's so true that a true leader doesn't necessarily just like have to make themselves practice that. I think leaders are to an extent are born. Um, and that can be a whole nother dynamic because I think you become a better leader 100%. I think you can lead into that stuff. I think I can become a better leader by putting effort into that stuff. But I also think there are people out there that are born to lead others and can really lean into that. And I think it's the true meaning of a leader to be in business and in life is somebody that thinks of others first before they think of themselves. Because if you think about all those different dynamics between a boss and a leader, it's all about you, 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 or me, 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 not we, 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 right? Sure. And I just, I, I love that. I think, I think uh, if you have the ability to move people emotionally, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's 80% of the battle. And again, uh, you know, it's something that you learn and you have to, you have to practice and everything. But I just think that quote's so cool because it's so true. But, um, no, that's great. Yeah. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And again, there's so many unique perspectives out there. I think what you kind of shared a few minutes ago kind of highlights the selfish tendencies of some managers and bosses. And I wanted to use the word some, cause there are good bosses and managers out there. And those folks are the people that help others grow and put others in positions to succeed. And going back to some of the points in that quote uh, that you were throwing out there, instead of the I, it's a we or it's a team effort. And those distinguish the good bosses from the bad bosses or manager. You know, we use that word synonymous here tonight. So I wanted to kind of throw that in as well. Um, well I think God. What makes again just I think empathy is is like you've said empathetic. I think empathy. You know we're talking about what what makes the gener this generation of leader. What's they what they look like? They're empathetic. They're empathetic, but they're not empathetic to a fault. They're empathetic to a. I'm going to listen. I'm going to engage. I'm going to be enthusiastic. Um, I'm going to understand where you're coming from, and then you've got to be able to translate in that into motivating your people, right? Yep. Like how can I understand where you're at? And then use that understanding to help motivate you to get the right place. 
I think um, I think boss too. Maybe I, that might have been the wrong word because I think I think there are people that refer to their boss a lot, but your boss can be a good leader. Like, yeah, so, yeah. I don't know if it was a direct, but I think I think um, a bad leader versus a good leader maybe would have been a better way to put. No, again, we're sharing our raw thoughts here. I, I think we've had a lot of good uh, conversation, and I, I would agree with everything that you shared there. I just wanted to kind of sprinkle in some additional. Uh, perspective. As we said up front, you know, there's a lot of different um, viewpoints or opinions out there. Um, and it's good to kind of learn from others. As Cole mentioned, he's got a lot of mentors. Um, I do as well. And you kind of get a flavor of different leadership styles and traits, and you kind of pick and choose what you want to kind of make your own and you build your own version of leadership. At least that's how I kind of go about my journey as I continue to grow as a professional. I think, uh, too, I'll say that I had not the past two years. One of the things I can say that I've loved about my, my job I'm in right now the most mm-hmm. Is that my first, the, our president, the first day I met him, we talked and I was like, this is somebody that I want to, I want to, I want to, like, I'm, I, I've never been a follower. I'm not really a follower. Yeah. Okay? But right. he doesn't make me, he doesn't make me follow. You just want him to lead. Right. That That's leading by influence, I guess, is kind of how I would interpret well, he that. Doesn't, he doesn't force me to accommodate his every need. He doesn't say I'm right. You're wrong. Right. And I think. I think that, you know, I'm just sharing some personal experience, but it's more of like, like he'll do something and I'm allowed to question it. Right. And if I'm, if I'm right, good job. Like you proved me wrong. Heck Versus yeah. like, no, I'm just right. No matter what. And that's another big difference, right? Leaders are allowed to be wrong. They're okay with that. Dude. I love that. Well said. Yeah. I, I think it's extremely important in today's day and age to recognize that, Although you might be in a leadership position, you're a manager, a boss. Again, we sometimes use these words synonymously, but it's all right to not always have the right answer. But as long as you're trying to do your best and if you own up to it as well, instead of having a big ego and set your, you know, maybe pride aside, that's going to go a long way and people are still going to commit to your long-term vision. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's extremely important to kind of, have a culture that's all about making sure that you're making the right decisions as a group and not, okay, we're going to go out and do X, Y, and Z because the highest paid person in the room told us to do so. Right. The latter is an outdated paradigm. I mean, it still happens, unfortunately, at certain companies, no matter how big or small. And you know, that's, I guess, okay, if you want to be involved in a culture like that, but there are a lot of people and that's where we go uh, down this path of like what it means to be a new leader. And a new leader is all about making a culture that's about encouraging healthy discussion and debate. And it's all right to be wrong and willing to listen to others on your team. I love that. I love that comment you made about the outdated paradigm. Cause that's just like, that's so, that's so true. Like you go back and like, even like in most of it's like media and like movies and stuff you see where it's like the big boss, right? The big CEO knows everything, right? He's the billionaire. Right. But it's like, like most of like the most successful business leaders and leaders out there, like they're very good at putting the right people in places. Totally. Like that's what they're great at. Like they might not 
be the most savvy business person, but they know that like if they go find these pieces and then encourage them and, and ask them the right questions, they'll figure it out. I mean, tell me that's not genius. Tell me that's not what the world needs. More people that are willing to go, I'm going to set my ego aside and help influence the right people in the right. I don't know. I think that's just so true. Because I think, I think, you know, that's an outdated method of being a leader. We've all met men, women, business leaders, church leaders that think they just know everything and you can't tell them any differently. Yep. And you're supposed to like, you know, look up to them. And it's like, you know, sorry, you're sitting all by yourself. Yeah, no, there, there are certain options that you can have when you get put in some of those situations. Like if you're constantly around someone that no matter what, they're always right, then sometimes, you know, it's not even worth trying to get into a conversation, a healthy conversation with them because you know that it's really not going to go anywhere. And in those types of situations, speaking from my past, I kind of remove myself from those situations and look for different opportunities. Because at the end of the day, as I've said before, it goes back to like managing your energy. And I don't want to be around people that think that they're always right. Like, and I'm the first one to raise my hand and say like, Hey, I don't have the right answer here. Or I'm not sure. Like, let me follow up or, Hey, I shared this and I was actually incorrect. And I think that's again, a really important trait for a lot of new leaders out there versus, Oh, I'm so-and-so everything that I say is correct. Or even if I'm wrong, like I'm still right. I know we're kind of beating a dead horse here, but it's all about yeah. adapting and becoming that new leader uh, in today's culture, no matter what company that you work for or the size of it. And I think at the same time, kind of what we're touching on, it's important to be transparent with those uh, that you work with. And that kind of helps build that level of trust or that foundation because everything goes back to a good foundation and you need to be trustworthy and constantly communicating because I would rather over communicate and share information um, that might have already been shared once before. And again, there's an art to this. Sometimes you can teeter on, okay, that's too much information. But again, it's always good to share the why is Cole, You highlighted a few minutes back as well. And we've talked about this on previous episodes as well. You want to bring your employees or whomever your team that you might be coaching. I want to use different, uh, aspects here, but you want to share with them, like, what is the vision? What is the mission? Why are we doing this? Because that can help people buy into what it is you guys are trying to do as a team. And if there are people that aren't really sold on that, then that's where you need to kind of have those conversations with those individuals and have an honest conversation saying, look, I noticed that you're not fully bought in. Like, are there reasons for why you might not be? Let me try to be empathetic and, and listen to you first. But if there are a lot of headbutting, it might be an opportunity where you have to kind of part ways with those individuals, not to keep this going, but like you can have one bad apple that can turn the rest of the folks into, you know, bad apples and you don't want to deal with those situations. 100%. 1,000%. Yeah. <laughs> 1,000%. You know what? You've been hanging out with me too much because that's my go-to saying. Okay. Everybody was like, you can't, I always said 110%. And I always heard like, you can't be 110%. I said, well, I am. <laughs> like, you can't be. 
well, sorry, but I am. So totally. I, I get honored then. Totally. Another related topic here is we discuss like the new age of leaders and organizations. I, I've started to think about like what type of culture that I want to be a part of or help create. And I think in order to create a compelling culture, again, you need to be up to date with the times, especially if you're trying to have new people join your workforce that might be younger in age. And it doesn't necessarily have to do anything with age. But again, if you are trying to hire people right out of school, whether that's even just high school or college, like this is a different beast in terms of what people are looking for. And just some thoughts that I've recently been thinking about. The first thing goes back to you want to make sure people feel empowered um, and have autonomy to kind of help make decisions um, versus, okay, this is what I'm telling you to do. And again, there is an art to that. There are going to be instances where you have to kind of share with folks that, hey, we got to do this because of X, Y, and Z, and you just got to go out and execute. But you want to help bring people along, making them feel feel empowered to make decisions along the way and have some form of autonomy. Um, so again, recognizing a balance there. And another important thing is having a healthy work-life balance, which is one of my favorite things. I mean, you don't want people burning both ends of the candle. That's where people get into burnout and they're not going to be performing at a high rate, which impacts you know your company and potentially your bottom line. And then third is working remote, uh, whether that's 100% or maybe only 25%, you want to give some type of flexibility, in my opinion, to those that might be joining your organization. Um, because the pandemic has proved to us that a lot of jobs, not every job, again, I'm being careful with some of my wording here, can be done remote. And it can be done at high levels of performance and maybe even higher levels of performance. So again, you just need to kind of weigh your options there and understand if, you know, that's an extremely important employee perk or not. I think it is. And then lastly, I think I saw this recently, unlimited vacation. I think that's kind of bullshit. I think that just is a way of companies getting out of having to pay and there might be some uh, nuances to, to this, but it gets companies out of uh, having to pay employees uh, paid leave when they leave the company. Um, and at the same time, I think it has a reverse effect or a negative effect because people probably feel a little bit bad uh, if they're taking maybe too much vacation. They don't know what the right amount is. So I don't subscribe to unlimited vacation, but maybe give up to like eight weeks of vacation. And I think that's a ton of time, but it's like the right amount of time. And some of this is arbitrary, but at the same time, it's enough to basically give employees almost four day working weeks. And I think that's something that we're going to evolve into over the next 10 years, at least a lot of industries. Again, I'm saying a lot, not every, um, so those were just four important call outs that I wanted to kind of share here when it comes to like the new types of cultures that I would want to be involved in if I'm joining an organization or even if I'm part of an organization, what I want to help kind of cultivate, um, if that makes sense. So I'll kind of turn it over to you, Cole, to see if you have anything that you would 
either disagree with or piggyback onto around the type of culture that you would like to be a part of? I mean, I think it's it's all relative. I mean, I think there's sure. good good things in what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know my feeling on work life balance is probably controversial, but I think if you're going to be a, a job that's got really good work life balance, then you've it's kind of up to you to 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 a degree as an employee to pick what jobs you go after because I think there's just some jobs they're going to have better work-life balance yeah. than others. Yeah. If you're a factory worker and you've got to be in a factory doing a machinist job or running mm-hmm. a machine and you're, you know, you got to work your 50 hours a week or whatever it is, no yeah. matter what, yeah. that's just the job. If you're a, you know, so I think there's certain degrees of that, but I think, you know, the, the day and age I want to be in is, is, you know, again, cause you've got companies that stuff, but I think, the employee's well-being mm-hmm. and also understanding like what strengths the employee has that might not be necessarily what they originally started working you for. So I think a lot of companies do themselves a disservice by leaving some employees where they think the employee's comfortable, but that employee's really just punching the clock. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so hard to find. Sorry to jump in, but I think it's hard for companies to find the employees that might just be punching on in. I mean, they do find those employees sooner or later, but I guess, again, as we've said time and time again, we'll continue. It's all relative, but for like a very large organization, I think it's hard to weed out those people that are just, again, there to collect a paycheck. Dude, it's hard to weed out anywhere. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's hard to weed out anywhere because you've got, I mean, especially when you're a massive company, but what I was saying is that, um being more in tune with your workforce and understanding what motivates each individual and then being able to cater their workload or their whatever it is around that like some people again will be uh are, are going to be more productive when they have more flexibility with their schedule into work yeah and some employees are going to be total pieces of shit if you give them more flexibility like that yeah. and so it's like then it's like okay where's the right balance. So I think, you know, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I do think that's a tougher, it's going to be tough to get there. But I, I think we're getting there. I think we're just going to have to, every organization is going to have to do it differently, every company. And ultimately like every leader is going to have to decide where they want to draw the line and how they want to do it. Because I don't think there's a right answer to like having a perfectly culturally sound, <laughs> like perfect, you know what I mean? Yeah. So 1000%. I like all like the points you make but where I'm going, where my brain's going is how do we execute this? Yeah. And I'm going, man, there's so many different variables, but I think, um, I think the best, the number one, most important variable and all that is the leader who's in charge and how we, how can the leader from the top down of an organization be able to flow that into the culture. Like, this is what's important to me. This is how we're going to do it. That's what I think is key. And I think the call that you made about like unlimited vacation, I've heard so many people I know that have unlimited PTO that don't use any vacation. Cause they don't know what, how much they should use. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like they're ashamed, like they're ashamed of using it. Yeah. Which is totally ass backwards, but yeah, exactly. We're definitely, I feel like we're definitely getting into an age though. And we're continuing to move there where employees aren't so much like 
in positions and maybe it's the work from home stuff, mm-hmm. but at least we're like, you're not in a really position to be able to call, like call your other fellow employees out or like try to um, basically have that comparison, that competitiveness yeah. in the workforce as much. I think companies have done a better job of like segmenting that out. So that way there's not as much like inter inner micromanagement as much as it is like this employee's getting their thing done and they're going to be happy and this one's getting their done and they're going to be happy. I think I'm seeing that a lot with a lot of people I know that aren't, you know, cause I remember even when I first got in the workforce out of high school, I mean, out of college, even out of college, like it was very much like, you were constantly being compared to all compared and felt like you were being compared to all of your other fellow employees. Right. Yeah. I I think to summarize kind of what we're sharing here is, you know, there are so many variables that get factored into each organization and we use this all the time. I just mentioned it like five minutes ago. It's all relative. You can say that about so many things here, but I think Cole and I have shared a lot of good uh, talking points here we do want to kind of hear from you guys in terms of what type of cultures do you like uh, being a part of, or what do you think makes a good culture? What is your favorite type of leadership traits? Um, we want to hear those. So please uh, share those in the comments um, on our Instagram or reach out on our YouTube channel um, or email. Uh, any of those channels, uh, we like to be uh, active and respond to those that reach out to us. Um, and if you can't tell here, Cole, I'm trying to wrap things up. I don't know if you're you're ready to, but uh, I think we had a lot of good stuff tonight. I, I could I couldn't tell. No, you weren't. You couldn't made it any more obvious. Yeah, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta roll as well. But this has been awesome. I think uh, just to put that note, it's like you know, to our, our listeners and, and, and you, Hayden, like I'm, I'm having such a blast doing this. I mean, I, you know, I just got off of a 13 hour day. You know, th- Look, he's bragging guys. And he was just talking about what I want our listeners to know is I am so excited to be to, for the, all the support we're getting. I'm having fun doing this. I'm, I'm having fun working with you, Hayden, and just, you guys keep up the support. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, this is, this has just been a fun journey. I'm continuing to, to see a lot of growth and, uh, big things coming our way. So yeah, but I'm ready to sign off too. <laughs> Amen to all of that. A lot of gratitude here at, uh, unscripted exchanges. Well, Cole, have yourself a great evening. Thanks for joining me in conversation after a long day. And I will talk to you later. Take care, everyone. See you, Thanks. See you guys.